This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice, the social media manager for Jubilance, and today I'm talking with Pamela Crane. Pamela is a master's level yoga therapist from the only school that offers this degree in the country, the Maryland University of Integrative Health. She's truly a Renaissance woman working in dance, television news, the stage and screen, and a public school teacher. Suffering from fibromyalgia, um, she found yoga to help her regulate her well-being. And she uses these tools for her clients and herself, and she loves seeing people gain confidence, strength, and vitality within all aspects of using yoga. So welcome, Pamela. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on today. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, um, so we kind of start off with some like fun questions. So, chocolate or cheese? Mm, chocolate. <laughs> um, I do love cheese as well, but uh, no, chocolate is my addiction for sure. And uh, also, about mm, a year and a half ago, I cut out dairy from my diet, dairy and gluten, due to the inflammation and, and pain, and it made a big difference. Oh. So I can unequivocally say chocolate. Have you cut <laughs> Dark out dairy chocolate. and gluten forever? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did. It, it was actually a pretty big game changer. I managed my fibromyalgia really, really well with yoga, yoga therapy, and all of the tools that I have. Mm -hmm. And... Really, I will say yoga saved my life in that respect, but I was still having, you know, some nagging pains and aches. And as, as I got older, um, you know, acquired some other <laughs> conditions, a little arthritis kind of stuff. And so managing my pain was a little more difficult. And the, after two doctors said, cause I resisted, but after the second doctor said, you got to cut out gluten and dairy. Wow. And I tried it. I said, you know, I don't know. We'll see. And after about a week and a half to two weeks, I really noticed a big difference. And so I just never looked back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually gluten-free. My sisters have celiac, but I just do it like, and I feel so much better just cutting out gluten, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I used to kind of be a little judgy when you know, people would be like, oh, I want gluten-free. And I would be like, unless you're celiac, do you really need to be gluten-free? And But there is more and more research that yeah. is showing that connection with inflammation. And so after so many doctors and after doing some research, I sort of had to eat my words <laughs> on that and and just jump on that bandwagon. But I, I'm not looking back. It's it's really been a game changer in my life. And I can tell if, if I go out to eat and I order something that I think is gluten-free, but maybe they made a sauce with something or I can tell. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. Within a day or so, you know, kind of like feeling the ache and yes. so, yeah, it, it's a game changer for sure. Wow. Yeah. I can tell within 30 minutes I'll start itching. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if my sister and I have something that we're unsure of, I'll eat it first because I just like itch. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, you can't eat that. So you're the barometer for that. Yeah. <laughs> really bad, but yeah. 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 Okay. TV or movie? Oh, TV. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, I, it's funny because I've done more movies. Well, I haven't really done any TV work, but I have done some movies. So you would think I would pick movies because yeah. uh, it's nice. I, I still actually get a check from one that I was in, but Wait, TV. Wait, tell us about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was hired to be in the film Castaway. And I was a day player, had a three days day player. And I was hired as a reporter, got to ask Tom Hanks question as he came back in the FedEx hangar at the end of the movie. Well, I don't want to, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I asked him a question and he answered. He came down through all these reporters. So we shot for two and a half day, almost three days, just in that one hanger and that you know those scenes that he shot there and but it got cut out so if you know where to look you can see me in the movie but you really have to know where and when to look for like that but I still get checks so I'm not complaining oh. <laughs> that's awesome cutting room floor about the cash the, the checks still cash so that is so cool yeah <laughs> yeah but no I my husband and I enjoy watching tv and we mostly watch on replay. We, we don't have appointment TV so much, but we'll yeah. kind of binge stuff. Oh, so, fun. What are you watching yeah. you? Mm, you know, there's one show that is my guilty pleasure that I've watched from the beginning. And it was appointment TV for a long time for me. But a lot of times we watch it on replay, and that's Survivor. That's a great show. I love it. It's, it's such really good. <laughs> it is such a study in human nature and mental manipulation. I just, it's so interesting to me how the producers manipulate these people who are on the show. And I would love to be on that show. I, I mean, I, every time I always go and I look at the application and, I, and then I chicken out. <laughs> and I don't do it. But if I had, if someone could say, what would you do tomorrow if you could just do it? I would probably say I would go on Survivor. And I would fail miserably. I would, awesome. I would be the worst one because I, I would be cold and whiny. <laughs> <laughs> the snakes and spiders. But uh, I think I've seen people on there who said the same thing and they did well. And I think really resilience comes into play and you adapt to whatever it is you're forced to adapt to. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it would be fun. I think That's it would be awesome. amazing, but it would be awful at the same time. <laughs> Spider. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you talk about where you're living now and what made you move to San Diego? Yeah. I'm in San yeah. Diego and I'm not mad about it one bit. <laughs> My husband is, um, his job brought us out here. And so we moved here about three months ago and I am in love. I never want to leave. So yeah. Yeah. I kind of joke that I don't know where he's going next, but I'm staying here. <laughs> That's just a joke, but no, it's, it's amazing. I love it here. I can walk to yoga on really any corner. I, I was telling my friends, I think, yoga is like Starbucks here. There's one everywhere. <laughs> Any direction I walk, I'm going to run into a yoga studio. <laughs> so yeah. Where did you move from? We were in Virginia. 
Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, near DC. So I worked in DC a lot and um, I taught at some of the uh, big places there, the Department of Health and Human Services, one of the Senate buildings and the USPS headquarters and worked with clients there. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you talk more about that, like the step-by-step process of how you got to where you are today? Um, Sure. Well, yeah. So I had been teaching yoga and I, I had been using yoga therapy actually for longer than I've been a yoga teacher. I've been using yoga tools with my dance students. I taught high school dance for 17 years. And so I would use these tools to help my dancers either to help them if they were struggling with repetitive use injuries or just injuries or weaknesses. I I would notice that one side of their body would be weaker than the other. And I would give them some things to help them or if they were struggling with stage fright, performance anxiety, I could give them some tools to kind of help regulate their nervous system. And when they were all crazy and wild, like for instance, on a day like today, the day after Halloween, yeah. <laughs> every teacher's nightmare, I, sometimes I would just have them lie down and we'd do a body scan. And so it got to, it got to be kind of a funny thing. Sometimes my students would come in and go, Miss Crane, can we lay down? that meant they wanted that relaxation because they always ended up feeling better and more focused. And then sometimes I would have teachers say, what y'all do in dance today? (laughs) So-and-so was paying attention really well. And so I would use those tools before I actually became a registered yoga teacher. Mm. So it's kind of (laughs) muddy. How, if you go from when I was a registered yoga teacher or how long I've been teaching yoga in in ways so I I was doing that and then I got my yoga teacher registration in 2013 and then I when we moved to Virginia I was looking for yoga therapy training and I found this university it's the only university in the country that offers the master of science in yoga therapy so what that meant for me is that I got a master of science in yoga therapy and I got CIAYT. So that's certified international association of yoga therapists, the mouthful, but (laughs) so anyone right now can say they're doing yoga therapy because it's kind of the wild, wild west. There's not a, there's not laws or regulations. So IAYT is a self-governing body. So you choose to join. So I joined IAYT in 2013, even though I wasn't a certified yoga therapist. And I didn't really start calling myself a yoga therapist until about a year into my program. And the, the certifying master of science program. But so even though I was doing that, but there, there are a lot of big differences in yoga therapy and yoga as people know it in our country. And so we can talk about that too, if you want to, but yeah, so, so yeah, so I got the master of science degree and I just, the program was amazing. It was life changing. I, I thought yoga saved my life before. And then I went in through this program and it was just, Ooh, wow. Get a little teary. It was. It was really, really um, 
life-changing just because I learned different ways to apply the tools of yoga. And I think that's where the big difference between a yoga teacher, which is great, and a yoga therapist are, is how we apply those tools. We, have a, we spend a lot of time learning pathology, physiology, kinesiology, wow. biomechanics, anatomy, in addition to all of the tenets of yoga. And a quick, a quick difference is in America, a lot of people think yoga is a fitness program or an exercise program. Or they go to a yoga class at a gym or a yoga studio, and it's predominantly breath work and postures. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the, that a gym class for $5 a drop-in class is what saved my life. So I will not ever say don't go to a yoga class because it, it was my gateway and it's what got me in. Wow. But with yoga therapy, the training is considerably more intense. Mm -hmm. So we have a thousand hours of training, whereas most yoga teachers, maybe it's a 200 or 500, and they don't have that kind of targeted towards the pathology and physiology of this ease and the application of all of the tools. So um, using all of the different limbs of yoga. And, um, yeah, so, so that's kind of one big difference. The other big difference between yoga therapy and yoga, as we know it, because really yoga therapy is what yoga used to be or wow. should, should be, huh. right? Yeah. So, so, but the other, the main difference in yoga therapy as a profession is that we do an intake and assessment. If we're doing an individual session with you. We'll do an intake assessment. Like when you go to the doctor's office, you fill out the paperwork. We'll sit down and talk about what's going on with you physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, what your goals are, what you want to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And then we design a plan using all of those tools, the meditation, the visualization, the self-study, the yamas and niyamas and the, the truthfulness and kind of really digging down and unpeeling the layers of meaning and purpose. Wow. And that's why it's so valuable for especially people who are suffering from disease. We're not curing your disease. I'm not a doctor. I will not diagnose you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, not, we're not curing you. We're helping you ease your suffering and we're giving you tools so that you can feel better or make, make peace with how whatever you're suffering from is affecting you and change kind of the mindset around how you experience the pain. There's a lot of pain research right now that is showing how we think about our pain affects how we, how, how we feel it. And that tissue damage doesn't necessarily correlate with sensations of pain. So someone can have tissue damage, you know, a, a, a pathological disease and not feel so much pain. And someone can have no damage huh. and have sensations of pain. And so when we can use these tools of yoga to sort of trick the brain <laughs> or change the neural pathways, then we can effectively feel better. I mean, it's, there's functional MRI 
studies, there are functional MRI studies that are that show people's brains changing with meditation. They can literally show it through MRI. So it's huge. I know that. Yeah, it's it's huge. And it's 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 very I could geek out on it all day long. (laughs) But it's but that's the good news is that we don't have to take a pill that's going to cause other side effects or problems. We don't have to always engage in in those types of um, interventions. That's not to say that you shouldn't listen to your doctors, but it's also to say that you can ask for these other interventions to adjunct what you have going on. And I always, in my, in my struggle, in my journey with persistent pain, I would always tell the doctor, I want to know why I'm hurting so that I can make a decision. Because if it's, if it's something that taking a pain pill is your recommendation, then I'll use my yoga and I'll deal with my pain. If it's something that this medication is going to stop the progression of it or this intervention will fix it, then yes. <laughs> so you, you have to find the balance, right, of conventional and um, uh, complementary medicine. And I think that's a really great thing about yoga therapy. For us, I always tell people that we're adjunct to all of your healthcare providers. We're part of your team. We're not trying to replace anyone and we won't fix you. That's a great way to think about it as an yeah. addition to. Right, but for some people, <laughs> they just wanna be fixed. They just give me the pill, give me the quick thing. And with, with yoga and this whole self introspection, and and dealing in and peeling those layers and finding out really how we find our our meaning and purpose and how we react to what's going on in our bodies it's work and so you find a lot of people say oh i i want something natural but then they they maybe aren't really ready they're in this stage of contemplation where they're, they're not quite ready to do that work. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's hard in a way for me when I see someone that I know I can help, but maybe they're not ready to make that step and take those, those steps that, that will help them find relief and, and ease that suffering. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Can you talk more about your, like who, who goes to your practice, like the, the clients that you have? So you said it's people who are suffering from disease or who else should be doing yoga therapy? Well, everybody. <laughs> okay. Everybody. <laughs> great. Everyone. Uh, it sounds great. Up. Yes. Yeah. So, so we can help people with a wide range of conditions. And so I tend to work with people who have persistent pain and fibromyalgia. Mm. I do some online group sessions. I do series. So I'll do group sessions. And what that looks like is you fill out the paperwork. And so I see kind of what everybody's going through. And then I tailor this group setting or this group series to address 
those commonalities because oh. most people with fibromyalgia have some common issues. Not everyone suffers the same way. Not everyone with Parkinson's has the same incarnation of that disease. Definitely. And right. Everything people. Yeah. People who have endometriosis don't always have the same expression of that disease. Some people suffer more. Some people suffer less Some people want a little bit more active, a, a more active practice feels better for them. And some people, you know, this one girl with endometriosis told me, she's like, just put me in child's pose and give me a hug, you know? So, and that's the beauty of yoga therapy is that you can tailor to the client's needs. I mean, we say we're client centered and we really are because it's, it's not even what that client wanted yesterday. It's where are they in this moment? What do they want right now? What's going to help them feel better now? And then how can they take that and move forward with it into their daily life? Wow. Yeah. So, so when we're looking at, and I, I tend to want to, or I've, I've started to kind of want to move my practice into um, more working with dancers and athletes and people like that who have repetitive use injuries and performance anxiety but I, I keep getting pulled back. So I'm about to start working with crime victims who suffer from trauma. Wow. And yeah. And so it's, it's kind of funny when you think about how you're, you think you want to do one thing, but then other things keep pulling you back. And so who knows? I just moved here a few months ago. So opportunities are kind of floating around in that way. And I work with people online because I move around a lot, I want to have my own online practice still going. So I've kind of kept that as, as something that I do. But I would say generally I tend to work with people who have persistent pain. People call it chronic pain. Yeah. I like to call it persistent. Persistence kind of the new, let's not make chronic sounds so, uh, final, like, like you can't do anything about it. Persistence is kind of like, eh, it's just nagging me. Yeah. I can, I can push it. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I had a time in my life where getting out of bed was really more than I could do. And I suffered so much and I had so many awful days and every now and then I would have a good day. And then when I would have a good day, I would do too much because I would needed to do things and then I would suffer from it. And so it, for me to have the life I have now is it's huge. (laughs) And I, yeah, and I owe it, I owe it to yoga. I mean, also some psychotherapy that kind of helped me manage this, this I'm living in pain all the time. I don't even know if I want to do that anymore. So I won't say it was all yoga, but yoga was the yoga was the thing that helped me manage my anxiety the best Wow! and move out of that. Cause I feel like for me, the fibromyalgia was anxiety based. Huh. There's the always being in that sympathetic nervous system state, that fight or flight. Yeah. If that, if you can imagine if you're always like this, that wears out your muscles. 
Huh. So, um, and your bodily function, you've got cortisol running all through your body. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's on a marathon or something. And then of course your body's going to wear out. All of your functions are going to wear out when you're in that state constantly. So for me, the yoga really helped me. I mean, it was crucial in getting control of that anxiety. Wow. And yeah. So then I started to kind of notice, oh, I'm having more good days, more good days. And then one day I kind of woke up and I was like, wow. That's great. I, I'm having more good days than bad days. Is it the yoga? I think it's the yoga. You guys, <laughs> I think it's the yoga. And, I, you know, a lot of people kind of think you're crazy or you're woo-woo. But now there's so much scientific evidence showing the benefits and there's more and more every day. And I wrote a couple of studies that I will implement using yoga therapy for dancers. And I actually presented these studies at one in Maryland at the university where I went to school and one at the network yoga conference in Amsterdam. And I got a lot of interest and I got a lot of great feedback on that. So my next step is to actually conduct those research studies so that I can be part of that conversation where we're showing how this works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then for women who are just starting yoga or starting to practice, do you have um, <laughs> ideas or suggestions? <laughs> yes. Yes, tell us. Yes, I do. I'm trying. <laughs> yes. So here's, here's the thing. Yoga isn't one thing. So when a doctor tells a heart patient to go to yoga, which is beautiful, I love that doctors are telling people to go to yoga, but that heart patient walks into a hot power class where it's 97 degrees, that's not the best situation for them. So my first advice is do a little research, find out, or send me a message <laughs> and I can tell you, I can help you. Find out what kind of yoga class is being offered. And for most people, I would say you would want to start with maybe a restorative class mm -hmm. or something gentle. The biggest thing isn't what kind of class you go to, though. It's how you go in that class. So when you go to a yoga class, remember, it's your body. That teacher does not know you. That teacher does not know your body. So. If you go to move into a posture and it doesn't feel right for you, then the first thing I would say is ask yourself, is this sensation or is this pain? Uh. Know the difference. Is this sensation? Is this something I haven't felt before or does this hurt? And then don't do it if it hurts. A good yoga teacher won't push you to do something that hurts. A good yoga teacher will understand that you're listening to your body. The other thing is I would caution people to stay away from hands-on adjustments. So when you go to a yoga class, if they say, do you want to be touched? Do you want to be adjusted? Until you kind of feel like you have a relationship with that teacher and you feel confident, I would say no. Because like for me, I have arthritis in my SI joint from many years of dancing and practicing yoga in a way that I thought alignment was the most important thing. 
And so if someone, if I'm in a warrior one and I have my back heel up because that's what feels better for my hip and someone comes and pushes my heel down or moves my hips, they could really injure me huh. at worst or just cause me to be in pain for a couple of days. So I would encourage people to have agency. When you go to a yoga class, you're the boss of your body and you know it best. Now, you don't know yoga, so yes, some of the things that they say you will, you're going to want to listen to and do what they're asking you to do, but you want to really be kind of shrewd about how something feels in your body. I think that's the biggest question. How does this feel in my body? Mm. Right? Yeah. And then I'd start with a gentle or restorative yoga so that you can kind of get an idea of what, what you're getting into. And don't be afraid to not go back. I mean, you can try different places until you find that teacher that resonates with you because it is a relationship and there's connection that, mm. that happens. And or until you find that class that, that it feels right. You feel good when you go in. You feel good when you leave. You don't feel defeated. The languaging is important. When, when a teacher, if someone says always or never, you know, that <laughs> always is, is not always the best thing to say, right? So for some people, having their knees facing straight forward in a chair pose is fine, but for people whose bodies naturally kind of turn out and their bones are made that way, putting their knees straight forward puts them in a place where biomechanically their body isn't doing the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. So find the most gentle restorative you can find for the first time and then listen to your body. Those are, <laughs> those are my two biggest things. That could go on and on. Very much. Yeah. But I'll stop with that. What's, and then what's your daily routine? Can I ask, like, what, what do you do daily and regularly to practice both like with your yoga and yoga therapy? Sure. So for me, every day I practice gratitude and I have my little sign here. And this, this is, I look at this every day coming in and out of my house. And what I do is I light some incense because I like the way it smells. And I have different ones for different moods. I have citronella when I'm on kind of an uplift and sandalwood when I'm feeling like I really need to be grounded. Mm. I light the incense and I say three things that I'm grateful for every day. Wow. And sometimes it is something silly, like <laughs> um, I found these gluten-free seed kind of cracker things at Trader Joe's. And one day that, that was one of my things I was grateful for because I like that crunchy kind of thing. They don't have a lot of sugar. And, you know, a lot of times it's my house. A lot of times it's my husband or my daughter or my dogs or this blanket that I like. It doesn't have to be so serious. Life doesn't have to be so serious. And so... Uh, one day, my gratitude was for myself. <laughs> like, I'm grateful for me. <laughs> so, um, and I just read a study recently that if you practice gratitude for 21 days, it, it can make up, it can change the makeup of your uh, 
brain as far as depression goes. And I believe that because I've battled depression and anxiety for the majority of my life. And so for me, I know that it works. And when I'm feeling a little pity party coming on or something like that, I'll pop in a little extra. (laughs) I'll just, I'll say, you know what? This traffic sucks, but I'm grateful that I get to go to this place to do this thing. And I had to practice that one a lot when I was in DC because that traffic is terrible. It was so awful. But literally one day I was sitting in this traffic and I just said, I'm so grateful that I get to go to downtown DC, drive by these monuments on my way to work. Mm. So here I am, you know, it, it is fine. And, um, I was teaching a yoga class at the Academy of Integrative Health Medicine conference recently in DC. And so I was teaching three different mornings and I was, we were in there and we were just about to start the practice. And of course the leaf blower guy came with his battery or his gas leaf blower right outside the windows. And he was there pretty much the majority of the class. No. And in our meditation, I said, I said, we're finding gratitude. And I said, we're finding gratitude for this beautiful space that's so well taken care of and well maintained. And afterwards, someone said, wow, you really handled that so beautifully. (laughs) Because it did change. It changed from agitation to yeah, they're taking care of this place. So I can now let that go and tune back into my own self. And so it does make a difference. And it seems kind of easier said than done. And I will tell you, when I was in the throes of depression and all of the awful space that I was in, when someone said, oh, just think positive, that was the worst thing I could have possibly heard. Mm. Because you know, they're just like, Oh, just be happy. And it's not that easy. And when you're in that space, finding a good therapist, finding a good yoga therapist, finding the people who can lift you up kind of without that judgment is key. But there is scientific evidence that shows that when you think that way, when you focus on what's good and going right, which is what a gratitude practice is, then it does actually change the chemical makeup of yeah. your brain. 21 days. I'm doing that today. Do it. I actually, yeah. I, I, actually, I'm thinking about doing an online gratitude uh, challenge. Wow. So I'll let you know if I decide to do that it. I'm kind of thinking like, about it. Yeah. I was, I was thinking I could do a 21 day gratitude challenge and see kind of how, how that helps people because I, it, I, I know it, for me it's huge. Now, as far as other aspects of yoga, I do practice physical asanas and sometimes I posted a video on my uh, Instagram, I think it was, where I just, I had gotten up and I was in my sweatpants, my hair was dirty and no makeup and I just thought, I'm going to record this and so I recorded my practice. It was 10 minutes of basically me kind of wallowing around on my mat, not really doing much, but that's yoga. Yoga doesn't have to be an hour class three times a week at a studio. Sometimes getting up and just moving your shoulders back and down and taking five deep breaths. That's sometimes that's my practice. Sometimes I go and I take classes because I enjoy doing that. Sometimes I just do what I want at home, what my body's asking for, because again, I know my body better than someone else does. 
So it varies. Sometimes my yoga is sitting with a glass of hot tea and just looking at the palm trees and just being and not, not really finding judgment or, or any real thoughts about anything except for I'm, I'm here. And so for me, I don't, I, you know, I'm not one of those people who gets up and does an hour and a half yoga practice every day. Mm -hmm. I do, I do my gratitude every day. I do my breath work every day. So I'll do five deep breaths in bed before I even get up. And that just sets the tone and helps me kind of get in that parasympathetic state of being relaxed. And then I don't, I don't feel that stress of the day coming as I'm, as I'm waking up. So, so that's kind of what, what my yoga practice looks like. I do the physical practice, but I do a lot of self-study, which is sadhyaya. It's fun. Oh. So that is, I think, the biggest thing. Over the past couple of years, the sadhyaya, the self-study, has been the most important thing for me. And it's, it's that kind of what, what makes me tick? What, what do I find meaning and purpose in? And it's, it's ongoing. I don't know if I'll ever be done with that. I don't know if I'll ever be done growing and learning and, and kind of finding what my Dharma is, but. And I think that's and, being human, right? Just continuing to learn and acquire knowledge and keep going. Right. I, I feel like it's when we, when we think we've arrived, <laughs> is There's when more. we should worry and that's when you should worry if you think it's like the people on survivor when they think they're in power blindside. hashtag blindside yeah I, I think that's that's life though pretty much when you know when you kind of get on your high horse and think oh i've got it all figured out then life comes up and goes mm, nope yeah. you know? so, so yeah so the that's where some of these tenets of yoga, the, the svadhyaya, the self-study, what, what's important to me and what's important to me now in my life wasn't the same, isn't the same as what it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. So, you know, we go through these stages and it's important for us to grow with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I just have one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> if a woman were to come up to you and ask for a piece of advice and you just had like a minute to give her your best tip, mm. um, not really anything, what would it be? Take a deep breath. <laughs> Take a deep breath and, and know that, that this is what it is now. This is a mantra that I use all the time with clients. And I use it for myself. This is what it is now. When I can take a big breath in, this is what it is now and kind of just let go. Then it does two different things. If you're in a bad state and things aren't going well, it lets you know that this is temporary. Mm -hmm. This is what it is now. And if things are going great and your life is perfect, it helps you appreciate that. This is what it is now. And so I think, I think that's what I would say is just breathe and, and realize that, that this is what, this is what it is now. 
That's awesome. I'm definitely yeah. going to take that away with me. Yeah, it's it's my favorite mantra for, uh, especially, well, really anyone, but especially with someone who has anxiety and depression and, or someone who's really struggling with, you know, tons of things that keep hitting. It's just, it's just really beneficial. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we end today? Um, I don't know. I think I would just add that I hope that everyone who's listening can really take time to take care of themselves. And I know that self-care is a really big buzzword right now. And it, there's a lot of privilege around that sometimes when someone says, Oh, just take, you know, this time for self-care or go do this for self-care. Well, not everyone has the money or the time. So think of self-care in other terms as, yeah, those deep breaths. Yeah. Maybe I'm in that shower and I'm just taking that time to kind of appreciate myself. And I, I think, yeah, self-care is a hard one, but I would say take every opportunity you can to do everything in your power to take care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. So that's awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much, Pamela. Yeah. 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 You're better to those around you if you're taking care of yourself, even though it may feel like you're taking time away from that. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, you can learn more about Pamela and what she's up to on her website, yeah. um, www.craneyogatherapy.com and crane, C R A N E. Right. Yeah. And when you go there, it'll look a little different because I've kind of adapted it for this dancers and athletes, but I still do work with people with all kinds of uh, physical conditions. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Crane Yoga Therapy, Crane Like the Bird, C-R-A-N-E. Perfect. So, hope to reach out if you have any questions. If there's anything I said that you disagree with or you'd like to know more about, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Thank you so much for being on, Pamela. Thank you. I appreciate it so Thank much. Thank you.